This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. That's right, it's Purple Daily, but if you're watching on YouTube as the screen reveals itself, what is going on? Because this isn't just Purple <laughs> Access. Uh, uh, Mackie's still in Cincinnati at a Hubbard event, and so he's out. And so it's Judd, it's Declan, and called up to the big leagues. Uh, you've been here before, but I mean, it's been for a cup of coffee. Chip Scoggins, my buddy from the Star Tribune, Purple Daily. Chip, say hi to the the enormous audience that every day consumes this show and that is expecting your hottest takes today. You guys sprung this on me. I thought it was going to be purple access. I wore a white t-shirt. I'm not, you know, exactly dressed up for the daily. Like me. If I'd have known, I would have put on a suit and coat. I would put on a tie, a coat. I mean, look at me. I, I mean, yeah. this hoodie. Well, that's, stand, that's standard issue there. Yeah. That's top of the line, baby. <laughs> top of the line. Exactly right. So uh, pl- plenty to get to today, including the Cam Akers trade, the expectation there now that that deal has been done. But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody, Dex, October 1st, Sunday, that's right, Purple Daily, live event line, Park Tavern, St. Louis Park. That's for the uh, Vikings-Carolina game. The game starts at noon, uh, but the Park Tavern is going to be a hub of activity that day. We're going to be in the 11th frame and also the outdoor portion, uh, patio portion that's connected to that. Plenty of TVs, great food, great drink, Park Tavern, definitely a great headquarters to watch the game. And on October 1st, Declan, it is going to be, I believe it's the kids say, lit because it's going to be a viewing party that should be packed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it'll be lit, lit. right at 8 a.m. Kids when it lit. opens. I mean, Chip's got the kids. You don't even have the kids. You're, yeah. you're the one who's uh, now now dabbling right into the kids' lingo. Uh, yeah, doors open at yep. 8 a.m. I think Mackie, Judd, and myself, uh, not to speak for them, I think we're probably going to get there around 11, 10, 30, 11 or so. Uh, but reserve your spot now. You can go to scorenorth.com. I believe there is a new event page up, too, so it has a little bit more information. But, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing everyone here in about 10 days uh, at Park Tavern for Vikings and Panthers. And, Chip, you're invited, too. If, if can you're I not going to be is in Carolina, yeah. Park Tavern, St. Louis Park, Louisiana Avenue South. If you eat yeah, the wings, I'm not though, covering Chipper, a game. Yeah. If, you, if you eat those wings, don't wear the white shirt. You know, <laughs> don't wear the white shirt. Point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, you know what? I might stop by. That sounds like fun. It's going to be a great time. It's going I don't to be, be there at eight, time. but I'll, I'll stop. By. Oh, I won't either. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that, Chipper. Um, so the the news of the day actually came after access, which I know that you attended on Wednesday yeah. at TCO. Uh, it came early evening when I guess not shockingly, but. The Vikings made their second big move in three days. Dalton Reisner signed as a free agent, the guard on Monday. And then the news, uh, Cam Akers obtained in a trade that included a 2026 pick swap. So who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but your but your thoughts on, on the Vikings at 0-2 very much trying to upgrade a little bit late in the process. But <laughs> I think in their mind, they realized the run game on many, many levels was not working. Yeah, I wrote about this. I'm writing a column about this, Judd, and and uh, I compare it to Quasi going Christmas shopping at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And no offense love, to people that do that. Like, there's, you know, I, I love that. That's, do that. that's yeah. so right. But that's what it feels like to me. Like, yep. 
how many days at training camp do we sit there and say it's not going to work? Like they need help at running back and they need, they need to address their interior offense line. This is not, I can't believe they're not doing something sooner than this. And, and I don't know if that's just, uh, they were hoping that these guys were going to be better, that, that, uh, the money situation, they were concerned about it. Um, you know, whatever, but it, it was obvious that inevitably they were going to have to do something to bolster, bring in reinforcements in your interior offense line. And, um, it became clear as as the training camp went on that they just don't have the running back depth. You knew they were going to have to bring in a veteran because they didn't trust Chandler completely. Kanae was out all of it, and the rookie just was not ready. So that um, just wasn't going to work. Because, I mean, we said is like, what happens if Madison sprains an ankle? Which guy are you going to trust? And there was no guy there. And so um, so I guess it falls under the, the category of better late than never. But I'm surprised that they let it get two weeks into the season. Chipper, were, do you think that with the addition of this offensive line and Dalton Reisner and the Madison, you know, getting in some help here in Cam Akers, is, it, it feels like the issue there has been hand in hand, right? The running game has been poor, yeah, but also yeah. the offensive line, maybe you can make the case, has more to do with the running game being so poor. Do you feel like this gives it a little shot in the arm? Do you think it schemes get, scheme gets a little better here? Well, I, yeah, I think... Um... And we'll have to see, you know, how good Dalton Reisner is, but it has to be an upgrade of what we've seen, right? Um, and as I was listening to TJ Hawkinson talk yesterday that, you know, this is a difficult offense to to grasp, you know, take some time, but I, I would say get him in there <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> you know, have him start tomorrow. I mean, they need it. Um, so I think, yes, I think it'll help the offensive line. I think that that should help the, uh, the running game. I asked Kirk Cousins yesterday, I was like, you know, what do you have to do to, you know, get the running game going. He said, don't fall behind 27 to seven, <laughs> you know, so don't turn the ball over. And there's probably some of that too, right? That the, the score is kind of dictated, but they're just not, you know, I don't know what their average yards per carry is, but they're not, there's nothing there. They're not generating anything. Madison hasn't really um, done much. Um, so I think, I think they're all hand in hand. And we'll see what acres, you know, what he can bring to them. I mean, I, hopefully the, you, familiarity with O'Connell and Wes Phillips in the scheme will, will make that transition smoother, mm-hmm. but it's not like, what was his first game? 22 carries, 29 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not Walter Payton in his prime. I don't think it's a savior here. walking through the door here. No. You know? So back to your point about um, crazy going Christmas shopping at five o'clock on Christmas Eve, which I love. And I a cheap plug. I actually wrote a column about this last night for my friends at Vikingswire.com. Uh, placing some of the bl- or placing a lot of the blame here on Quazy and O'Connell because I don't know how this thing works. They, I'd love to know more. I'd love to know what Ryan Grigson yeah. does. I'd love to know like they. There are a lot of questions that they don't that they're trying to a- avoid. But anyway, yeah. I'm just going to put the blame right now on the two most important people, coach and GM. And I want to talk about in particular, and this applies to Reisner as well. But let's talk about Chip, the running back spot, okay? Because yeah. here's here's my problem with it. Nobody in their right mind, when Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, should have been cut and was cut, and, and, and he's done now, like he's not that good anymore. But when Dalvin Cook left, I assumed, okay, you're bringing Madison back on a very reasonable contract. Like, that's the contract a guy like that should get. It's very reasonable. But at that point in time, you're also saying it's going to be a committee of some sort. Like, yeah. like you, if you think 
Madison is going to be Cook in his prime. You should be fired immediately, which I refuse to believe. O'Connell's not dumb. Um, yeah. And so here, so here's what confuses me that you're talking about. As we watch training camp unfold, okay, and let's say that the committee was going to be Alexander Madison first, Ty Chandler second, Kinney perhaps, who was impressive in the spring but then got hurt early in camp, and maybe Dwayne McBride. We went to practices, Chipper, and we talked about this. Okay, number one, um, Ty Chandler, after that Seattle game, when he had a mm-hmm. big rushing game, and O'Connell, I don't care what he said after the fact, was very pointed in, he's got to do that all the time. It was yep. very clear they didn't trust him. That remains a problem. I think he has like three carries for no yards, okay? Mm-hmm. Dwayne, Mc, Dwayne McBride, we came out of the first week at camp and said he's not, he's not prepared. Yeah. And Kane disappeared. So at that point in time, here's my question. Why aren't you addressing the running back then? Like you knew, yeah. Like, yeah. like if they had come to you, Chip, and they had said, okay, okay, all right, Chip, here's the deal. Training camp, we're three weeks in. McBride really can't play yet. Chandler, we don't, you know, between us, we don't trust him. Kane, right. we're frustrated, but he ain't back yet. And Madison, so like, and he might be our bell cow. You would have said, hold on a second. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I struggle. I struggle with what they're doing now because the cards were on the table uh, yeah. a month ago. Well, yeah, and and I thought what as it went on and, and dragged out, what I thought they would do is I thought they were just waiting until after that first week until they didn't have to guarantee the salary, right? Okay. But now you make a trade for a guy, so it's even more perplexing. But <laughs> you know, you waited and did nothing, and I don't know if they. You're right because after. Uh, after uh, Chandler flashed in that first preseason game, had some nice runs and did things, you know, you could hear O'Connell saying, okay, now do this every day at practice, right? Be consistent in practice in it. And he just never earned the trust. And I don't know, Judd, if Kane's injury uh, took them by surprise by how long he was out. Because I, mm-hmm. you sort of felt like uh, – uh, they brought in the running back, uh, the veteran, what, late in camp? For the um, Dolphins. Yeah. I, I think that was as much um, a shot at Kanae, like, let's go. You know, let's let's get back on the field. Yep. Um, so I don't know if, if they were if they didn't think that his injury was going to be that long and he might have been an option. But even if he wasn't hurt, is he really going to be your number two? I – I, 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 I don't think so. So I, I still felt like they needed a veteran um, in there. And, and maybe it was, maybe it was partly hubris too, that, you know what? Madison's going to be giving us what we want. It's going to be fine. We're not looking for to spend a lot of money at that position because, um, you know, they would have finished 28th in carries last year. So um, maybe it was just, they felt like what they had was going to be enough. And then after two weeks, they realized, uh Oh, this is, you know, not only running back position, but um, they needed to get a guard in here too in Reisner. Uh, Chip, were you a little surprised uh, given the fact now Bradbury's battling another injury? And, you know, J- Judd always says a center with a bad back like that. that those yeah. are always a good recipe for disaster. And uh, it, it just seems he's that back still bothering him. Obviously, it, it's easy to say buyer's remorse after he gets hurt after a couple snaps. But are you a little surprised that they ended up? still bringing back Garrett Bradbury. And I guess is your, is your level of concern still pretty high too with this back injury? Yeah. I mean, cause um, forget the back. Just, just if you look, watch the, you know, his performance last year, I think we'd all say he's okay. Like it wasn't, you know, wasn't a disaster. It wasn't Ed Ingram. 
but it wasn't like, okay, we got our guy for the next, you know, eight years. I mean, this is our, um, but then when you add the back injury on top of that, that's it. it, I mean, it is easy to second guess. I don't think when they re-signed him, we were all saying, oh, he just had a back injury that caused him to miss five games. I don't know that that was at the forefront of our mind, but now when it flares up again, you know, in game one, you're like, man, did, was that something they do enough due diligence on that? Was he completely healthy? I assume he was. He had a passive physical. I assume Judd, right? When you a deck, when you had the contract, he had a passive physical and he went through camp sure. and and all that. So, um, but yeah, now it looks, you know, now he hasn't, you know, this back injury and anybody's had back stuff. I mean, you know, that it's always a concern because there's always that potential is going to flare up again. Yeah, and Ben, I mean, bending over to hike a football, snap yeah. a football, that's like the worst. Um, and I'm with you, and I will say this. It's not so – so we reacted to Bradbury being re-signed as a veteran who had been disappointing until, you know, he was he was improved, I would say. That's the best way to put it, in yeah. 2022. Yeah. But that being said, it's their job, much like the Twins and pitchers. You need to know what the physical risk is. Like, that is yeah. totally on you. And and it was it, it was intriguing that when um, our buddy Kevin Seifert asked O'Connell about that a couple of weeks ago, O'Connell's response, you know, he talked about the car accident where he re-injured. So it's like, okay, knowing all that is Austin yeah. sloppy. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really what you're doing here? That's really where yeah. we're going? Or you or you didn't try to prioritize that in the offseason. It's like, you know, we need to find a center. Right. Um, either through the draft. I mean, we talked about John Michael Schmitz a lot in the draft. Like, could he be an option? Um, you know, they prioritize other things uh, defensively, obviously. So, um, I mean, I know you can't solve everything in one off season, right. And they probably felt like, okay, Bradbury's good enough for what we're asking him to do. He improved. Let's see if that can continue. But, um, yeah, the, the back thing, um, did they have enough internal concern about that? Did they give, did they give it enough uh, deliberations? Like, ah, you know, he's had this back thing. Um, I don't know. We don't know. They're not going to share that with us. And I think, I think to that question, didn't O'Connell say, well, you know, I'm not going to go into all the deliberations that we had on it. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a concern, I would say. Dex, go ahead. Well, and then Jordan Addison, at least, right, Chip, I feel like that's been a bright spot in the offense where, you know, he's stretched the field a little bit. You know, there was concerns, some off the field things, those have seemed to take care of himself. But, you know, with, it's weird, Chip, it it feels like with KJ having kind of a real rough go of it in the first two games and Addison kind of shining with a couple deep touchdowns, it feels like we should also start, that offense should start kind of pushing a lot more of those targets from KJ over to Jordan Addison. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it didn't take more than what one training camp practice. We were like, man, that guy, he is quick. I mean, you could just see it. Yeah. I mean, just everything about him. You're like, it's funny. It's like, you can go like watch individual drills. And I remember thinking this when Percy was there, those guys look different, right? Mm. The guys that are special talents just look different. The way they run, get in and out of breaks or footwork, everything about it. And and I felt that with Addison, you watch it, man, he just looks different, you know? Um, But I do think, um, you know, he's, He's benefited. What's the, the you know the the first touchdown of his that he had in, in the opener, the vertical one I've seen. I mean, what's the way that defense went with Jefferson on that out route? Oh, I mean, yes, these guys should benefit. Hawkinson talked about it yesterday. KJ's benefited before. I mean, the coverages that Jefferson's going to get should lead to 
favorable matchups, favorable situations for these guys. And, and yeah, um, if, if, you know, look at KJ, if it drops or whatever, if he's, you know, if he's not producing, um, you have options. And, and I, I, I feel like Addison's role is going to continue to grow as he, you know, with Cousins as he gains more confidence. Cause yeah, I just think he's that kind of unique or not unique, but he he just he's different, right? And he's a uh, there's a reason he there's a reason why he's a first round pick, right? Um, exactly. And so I yeah I could see him shifting into that that number two uh, option, but well I guess three if you count Hawkinson number two. I think you're probably right. Uh, hey, I've got a, a follow up about the offense actually, but before I get to that, I want to talk to you, Chip Scoggins, about the potential of hitting it big. And when I talk about hitting it big, it's with the Vikings. But how about this? It's the new uh, Lottery Viking Scratch Game, which is the official scratch game of the team. Of course, you could win up to $100,000 or second chance prizes. That includes season tickets or an away game trip. Officially, this is exciting, folks. The Minnesota Lottery, the Viking Scratch Game. Just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to play. Look at that beauty. It's only five bucks. Check it out. And Dex, uh, before we get back to the football discussion, why don't you tell us about your favorite thing to grill on? Yeah, a little, little little Weber grill action, right, Chip? We're in the I'm in the Burbs now. I'm actually pretty close to you here in, in, right in, by in you. Woodbury, okay? So now I got Neighbors. a little patio spot. I know. We got a little patio spot so you can actually fire up the Weber grill from our friends at Fratelloni's uh, and Ace Hardware. Go check out Fratelloni's Ace Hardware for all your Weber grill needs. I grill year-round, so I, whether it's the winter, summer, I do not care. If it takes longer to preheat that grill, doesn't matter because I got a good Weber one that will fire things up. Go check out Fratelloni's Ace of Hardware to, uh, to get yours today. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time you can sign up and save and we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 and use code purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off that's code purple daily 50 at factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off go check out factor meals so Chipper, I mean that Fred is only a lot. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Look at you. I'm Look in at there you uh, checking out the uh, Purple Daily Score North sponsors. We appreciate that, Chip right. Um, So I want to get back to your point though about Addison and the offense and the passing game. Okay. Yep. So the the team is 0 and two. You lose to the Chargers. It's a huge problem. I think 0 and two in a 17 game season. It's far less than ideal, but I don't yeah. think you're dead by any means. But here's the here's my thing about. The, the offense that I guess if I'm trying to sell hope, this is it. If the run game even works like a semblance of it, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking, it shoots up to top five. It ain't doing that, but let's just say it shoots in the, the 20 or something like that. The passing game has been damn good. Now, yeah, now yeah. the fumbles are killing you. The, the one pick kills you. I mean, it's seven turnovers in two games, incomprehensible, but I actually think if, if I'm Kevin O'Connell and I am trying to sell hope, if I can get anything from the run game and the continued perception that play action is a threat. The passing game is a huge threat and cousins to his credit has been damn good. 
Well, that's the thing. It's 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 it was interesting to be out there yesterday and kind of judge the mood. And if you're zero and two and just getting steamrolled, it's absolutely you're you know you're overmatched. You're not um, you're not capable of hanging with these teams. Then you feel like okay, this is a death march, right? This is doom and gloom. They're just killing themselves with these turnovers. Like yes, the, the, I mean, it, what, what was it? Ponder that easily correctable or easily fixable whatever it was you feel like okay just stop turning the ball over and your your offense is going to be okay i mean they they do need to run the ball more they need to be you know more efficient but uh when you look at what they can do in the passing game um it's not like uh they need to have the kind of offense or run the ball the way they did under zim or you know this this passing game can really um you know, threaten defenses and put up some um, points and, and um, you know, it's really just the turnovers, but um, yeah, I, I think cousins is, you know, um, he's in a good spot. Uh, they, if they can protect him up the middle better, <laughs> he's in a which better has been spot. The, it's a, it's a uh, story as old as time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's not the issue. I mean, I think I was looking at today. They're still second or third in passing yards per play. They're second uh, scoring. They're 18th, but that's just because of the turnovers that prevented them from scoring more. So, I mean, you think about it, they've had seven turnovers and they're 18th in scoring, Judd. I mean, uh, so it's just a matter of cleaning those up. And it was interesting to hear O'Connell talk yesterday about the different gadgets he bought online. <laughs> they went online and bought. I might have some fun with that in my column too, because it's so you know, I don't know what they bought. I have no idea what he said. He, he mentioned hammers. I don't know what they're gonna do with these hammers. <laughs> what was his exact quote? We we went we went and bought everything we could. The, yeah, the he, mental image that went through my mind of like the stuff that they were well, go, that they were trying to get from catalogs on well, the internet uh, was really intriguing. You, you should have seen it, Dex, Judd, uh, Judd, and I and Kevin Seifert have a group text, so we were t- we were. T- we were texting each other what we thought they might have got. We had like flamethrowers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I don't, I have no idea what they bought, but, um, but yeah, it to me, it's really, I mean, those things are, so I don't know if that's, I assume you're probably more frustrated than, than, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, the, the sky's falling because we're not very good. I think it's more like, man, if they just didn't turn the ball over, they could be two and oh. Yep. And, and, st- and, and the one thing that I keep saying really concerns me that's on film now is the run defense. And I know Philadelphia yeah. has a great line and I know all of that, but my God, that 16 play 13 run scoring drive that set a tone that you need to change immediately. Yeah. That was like the Elk river offense, just run, 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 run. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but Judd, like, that's that's the one thing that we we talked about with with Flores' defense and how creative it is and he's got all these moving pieces and versatile. When you're only going to have one defensive lineman in the game and a bunch of defensive back and linebackers, like the other team's going to counter too. I mean, right? And that's what we saw, and so that's kind of the chess match. So, um, what does he do when teams start doing that? Just like run it, run it, run it. I mean, you got to bring in more size up front to prevent that. So um, uh-huh. that's. That's, that might be the trade-off when you when you're trying to do all these different things and exotic coverages and all these things that you know their team has good coaching too and good players and they're going to figure out a way to beat that. 
I felt like Tripper for 20 years, Vikings fans were like spoiled, right? From like the Kevin Williams wall and into Linda yeah. Joseph. Like, I mean, it, I think we took it for granted a little bit, right? Just because it, yeah. it's not a sexy thing to have a, a great nose tackle D tackle, but now for what, three straight years. And this goes back to the end of Zim. I mean, they, they have yeah. been a sieve run defensively. Yeah. And it's, it's funny when you said that, like when, when that drive was going on, when it was what, 13 runs or whatever, I was sitting there thinking, I hope Kevin and Pat aren't watching this game because they're probably. Oh, they're Pat probably, was cursing up a storm. Can you imagine the cuss words that were coming out of the Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, remember that run, Davids? They always said, give us a blade of grass. We'll defend a blade of grass. And that's not like that's how they approach run defense. Like, we will stop. You give us a blade of grass, we're going to defend it. Um, and so to go from that and seeing, you know, how those defenses were to now, we're. And you said it, Judd. I mean, um, all throughout camp, I was saying, man, I don't know about the secondary. And you said, and you kept saying run defense. Like, you had that concern about the run defense, and it showed up. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, is every team going to be able to do that? No, but it's it it definitely is an issue. Yeah, and I guess my question is, who's going to step up and stop it? Who's on the current r- roster? If, if you go back, I, I actually went back and charted that 16-play drive, and um, Harrison Phillips was the one down – lineman for much of that time yeah i think Kyrie stanga who we all thought was a really nice pickup last year i think he was in for like three plays and yeah. um and the guy they got from the packers was in for like one play and so i guess my question is that's pretty clear of who flores trusts and does not trust mm-hmm. um yeah. and 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 to dex's point you know jerry ball pat williams just Big nose tackles. Gilbert Brown, who would eat you up. That's what you need. Like, you need that one just mammoth athletic guy. And Harrison Phillips is probably an okay, in real life, probably an okay three technique. Like, that, yeah. like they're they're lacking. What, one of the things, I think, at the end of the day, and because they don't have it, and they're yeah. hard to get. I think one of the things they are really going to really be lacking is that big run-stopping, eats-up guys, and you don't get past him nose tackle that anchor yeah Yeah. that big guy that just clogs up so much yeah that was that just you're not running up the middle you're not running because he's going to create so much havoc and and yeah they don't they don't have that um and i don't know if that's just a you know they haven't addressed it in a draft is it a philosophical thing where they wanted more quickness speed you know um in there um I, i don't know the answer to that but um because a lot of teams are just, I mean, that, this is what felt so rare about that that drive. It's like, how often do you see that in NFL where a team just lines up and says, 13 straight times we're going to run the ball? Yeah, it's it's Army-Navy. I mean, it's it's like um, you just don't see that. And so that bears watching to oh, see yeah. if if how many teams say, you know what? We, we like to pass the ball more, but if that's how we have to win against this defense when they're dropping eight guys, then that's what we're going to do. So it bears watching to see what the what the um, the style of play that we're going to see from their opponents. Harrison Phillips. Here's my thing: he can't shed blocks. So like once he got once the Eagles' offensive lineman took him yeah. on, that was it. I mean, that's the thing that Pat Williams he he yeah. would eat you up, get rid of you, and then take on the running back. That's what I mean. Those guys are hard to find, but they are valuable. And how much do we credit? the Eagles line to that too, where you're not going to face a line of that caliber every week. I'm not, it doesn't, 
I agree. Discount, yeah. It doesn't discount the point that they still don't have the size up there, but right. You know, that was a really good offensive line that just kind of overwhelmed them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Deck, sorry. Yeah, it felt like, Chipper, the Flores defense, they've come out schematically and even, like, scriptedly in those first few drives against the Bucks and Eagles. Like, they've had a good game plan. But then yeah. I think just like any other defense, right, if the other team is possessing the ball two-thirds of the time, you know, you just yeah. you get tired and the offense stalls out on the other side. So I, I feel like Flores has done his job for the most part, even with the leaky run defense part. He's come up with a good enough scheme, and then everything else works against the defense by a time to the point where – the game can be completely out of reach. Well, that's what we were saying. I think both games is like, man, they're out there too long. This they're going to wear down in the second half. And I, I want to see this. I want to see them how the defense does in a normal game, like normal where there's not all these turnovers where they're on the field all the time and they're getting put in bad situations. Right. I want to see if the offense can play a clean game and you know keep the drive some and and they're you know not on the field so much or put in adverse situations. Cause I write, you're right. Like there are times where you're like, man, this defense is swarming. They're flying around. They're, they're doing different things. Um, they obviously Hertz couldn't throw the ball really down. I mean, he had the one, but it was, they made it tough when they're dropping back. And so he said, okay, we're just going to run the ball, you know? Um, so it's, it's, uh, I think there's been some bright spots there, but I just think that the first two games have been so weird the way they've, they've unfolded that it's hard to really get an accurate gauge on them yet. And that's why you have to be able to run the ball too. the time of possession. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know some, some people discount that and ordinarily that's fine, but the time of possession in that game was a big deal because yes. if you can't, if you can't run and you're passing and you go three and out, you're done quickly and your defense is back out there. And so, yeah, the what if this offense puts the defense on the field a lot, they're not going to win games. Like yeah. that's just, that's too great of ask for this team maybe in a couple of years, but right now, if the offense doesn't carry you through both the air and the ground, yeah. you're going to lose football games. Well, and I think that's that's the whole, you know, they can be one-dimensional to degree because Jefferson's so great and, you know, they have these options and Hawkinson and Cousins is doing it, but um, you you have to have some semblance of a running game just to, Eat, eat up some of that clock and you know and, and right. keep your defense in you're right so it's um they don't have to be a, like you said they don't they don't even have to be a top 15 top 20 but you can't be dead last and average one whatever they're ever two point something yards per carry and it's got to be better than that and they've got to be able to control the ball a little bit more bright spot though finally daniel hunter's not dropping back in coverage i, I think Cesar yeah the note only like three times all season yes. he dropped back in coverage which is just my God, if I'm if I'm Daniel Hunter and, and I'm looking at I the know. prime of my years, you're gonna be looking back ten years now. Remember that year in twenty twenty two when that <laughs> doofus of a defensive coordinator had me dropping back a fourth of the time? I mean, my God, he's still one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Yeah. I used to uh and I know that's kind of the thing that they do every you know, even the best ones do it occasionally, but I used to like I don't have a lot of hair, I shave it off, but I, I used to pull my hair out last year. When you'd see Daniel drop back, it's like why would you take one of the best pass rushers who's on this his, you know, he had this historic start to his career and ask him to drop into coverage, just rush the pat, let him do what he does best. I know you want to be creative and cute and do different things. Like stop, just let him rush the pass. Right. I mean, let him do what he does. And he, you know, he's off to a good start. I mean, he's, you know, he's, Oh God, he's been, yeah. He's making the plays that we're used to. All right. So here's my question though. 
And and Donatel didn't do this. I thought he would, but I mean, clearly that was just a debacle. But Flores isn't either. So answer me this. Why doesn't Daniil line up inside more often? Like, why don't you um, bring him on, like, put him on a guard, create, create yeah. at least, put that on film at least. Yeah. Um, I don't There's know. There's got to be a I, reason. Yeah. I, um, might be a comfort, because they, they experimented, right? And in, in camp some, I assume. Um, well, and, and to go back to the Saints playoff game, the Saints you game, know, I know, Zimmer moved Griffin and Hunter inside a lot, and the Saints were like, what the hell is this? They had no that answer. Was, yeah, they had, yeah. And Brees got yeah. annihilated. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that, Judd. And maybe it's coming. Maybe it's just been two games. Maybe it might be a comfort thing. Maybe Flores just doesn't maybe. like what he gets for there. I don't know. Um, but you're right. When you saw how effective it was again in that, in that playoff game, you're like, man, they should do this more often. But um, I, I don't know the answer to that. But maybe, maybe it's something we'll see later on. Cause confusion. That's the key to life, Chip Scoggins. Yeah, in football. It is. Cause confusion. Hey, who who do do the Vols have on Saturday? Oh, you know, I haven't even looked this week. You don't even um, know who your Vols have? I'm, I'm, I've been so busy with, uh, I'm, I won't go into it, but um, I, I plus I'm still reeling from uh, last week. Thank last God week, I was yeah, covering, was yeah, th- I was covering the uh, Gopher game in the press box in North Re- Carolina. Do you really want to say didn't have thank to... God? Like yeah. that was a hard game to watch. Do you really want to say thank God? <laughs> that, yeah, no, I say thank God I missed it. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I did have to see the. Uh, the carnage. Um, that was a depressing. Uh, being a fan's not fun sometimes. No, it's not. You know, you just ask that. I'm, I'm a fan of one team, um, and when it, you have a game like that, you're like, why did I even invest? Imagine being like a gopher, a, gopher fan. Yeah, seriously. I think it's UT San Antonio for your Vols on Saturday. Yeah, oh, I knew it was a non-conference. Well. Get well. I, I, yeah, I knew it was a non-conference. I couldn't remember who it was, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a get well, but. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to get well after the uh, the way they played against Florida. I asked that, Chip Scoggins, because what I was going to ask is Friday when you go to your local liquor store to prepare for that oh. game, what what are you going to be picking up? Well, for sure, certainly Furious, right? Mm-hmm. The best beer um, on the planet. I, I yeah, I, my, my refrigerator is always stocked. I, I always get a little nervous when I get down to like one or two because it's like, yeah, you can't be. You can't go empty with Surly Furious, right? And that's great, too. But you know what? If if you want to mix up two great beers, because Furious is strong. I do love it myself. But you yeah. know what? Be- before I die from Surly, Chip Scoggins, right here. i got to try ladies, it. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll, you'll like it. Before I mm-hmm. die, which, of course, is the mission of this show. It's the mission of the Vikings. <laughs> it's the mission of anyone in this state who wants a Super Bowl championship, which none of us have ever seen. Before I die from Surly Brewing, check it out. Chip Scoggins, great stuff. You uh, you passed the audition. Thanks for letting me on, uh, man. This is unbelievable. No problem at all. The dress code will be enforced next time, not this time. <laughs> you guys totally caught me off guard with that one. I, I would have dressed up. Stuff. I would have put on the good hoodie, not just the white T-shirt. <laughs> Well, we appreciate that. All right. Yeah, Chipper, thanks for having me. We're done. Uh, um, Declan, tell the people what they need to know before we go. Yeah, we hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. This has been Purple Daily. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.